Hi, I'm Roxanne, and I've been reporting everything Real Housewives and Bravo TV for the past 15 years, and now with my cousin Chantel. Hey, Roxanne. We're breaking down episodes and sharing exclusive content with your favorite and not-so-favorite Bravo TV stars. Listen to All About TRH wherever you get your podcasts. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome back and happy Tuesday, January 17th, which obviously it's not a happy tuesday to everyone um obviously you guys know we are joined by a very special guest today emily d baker who is the number one legal badass commentator on youtube um we invited emily over here today because we obviously know that todd and julie are um submitting themselves into prison today uh for a total of 19 years julie's looking at about seven years and todd is looking at about 12 from what we understand, they have to serve at minimum about 85% of that time. But I always hear what people are supposed to be doing, how this is supposed to go, um, how it's expected to be navigated. And then I'm like, wait a minute, let me call Emily. So we have Emily D. Baker on with us today. That way we can kind of break it all down. So before we jump in, if you guys haven't already, go ahead, smash that like button. If you're not subscribed, get subscribed. Don't forget to hit that notification bell. And with that, Let's jump right in with Emily D. Baker. Hello. I took a giant drink of my water, and now I have ice in my mouth. It's the perfect introduction. We're professionals here, everyone. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I have so much, honestly, like, to ask you about all of this. I asked you, I think, Emily, what did I text you about two months ago asking you if we could cover this? And you're like, wait until we get through all of it. Right. I would wait until we get to the wait until we get a sentence, wait until we kind of get to this. And also I, you know, I was leaving on vacation. We were supposed to get to see each other and then I got sick. I was so pissed about it. I know. You, I was so bummed that I didn't get to see you um this round in in Florida. So I was like, let's wait till after the holidays. You know what's so funny is we came up to Orlando because we live about two and a half, three hours away. We came up to see you and Jason and I ended up having the best New Year's. Um, we ended up going out. So no, we we did like downtown oh. Disney. And that morning when you texted us, we were like, do we go home? Do we stay? What do we do? And we're like, you know what? We already have the place. And we went to downtown Disney. We went to the outlets and we just like made a day of our own. And it ended up being like the best, most calm New Year's. So that's no, amazing. I was that. I was absolutely heartbroken. And I'm like, I can't, I I'm I can't just be around people. I do not feel good. And I'm like, I can't, I don't know what I have. It was just a really, really horrible cold, but I don't want to give yeah. that to anybody. You guys have so much going on. And it's just I had to be a responsible adult and I was so pissed because I just wanted to have fun. And I yeah. just wanted to come and hang out with you guys. I'm glad you had such a good New Year's. I was so pissed but um you know it it will be another time it will be we've gotten to have fun together before and i'm just so glad to be here and talk about this we have so much to talk about not just chrisley's but we can talk a little bit about the genshaw of it all if you want but it's we've got a lot in pop culture and prison lately it's unexpected it's super unexpected you know to kind of kick things off um I've been covering the Grizzlies lately and I've had so many people who are almost like cheering on the fact that they are going to prison, right? And I think that in a weird way, like I get where people are like, if you do something wrong, you go to prison. 
But then I think like maybe it's like the cancer in me or whatever. I don't know. Um, the other part of me operates in the sense that like I realize you have your 10-year-old adopted um, granddaughter, Chloe, and then you have your 16-year-old son, Grayson, and then you have the rest of your kids. And I feel like as people are cheering on the fact that they're going to prison, my mind and like my heart and the way that I navigate can't help just but to go to the kids and be like, it's not fair. And then I see so many people who are like, well, you know what? The parents should have thought about that. And I'm like, right. Yes, I get that. But obviously they didn't. But that doesn't mean the like the kids should just be like so screwed and they go to school and then kids are bullying them because their parents fucked up. It's hard. I mean, we and, and I've started looking back at like Emily goes down rabbit holes because ADHD. But when we look at like the gladiator days of people being like watching humans fight in arenas and being like, kill them like they're humans have this innate ability to cheer for a, a downfall. We used to publicize hangings and put them in town squares where people could view them as entertainment. So it doesn't surprise me that the Internet do does the internet and the internet roots sometimes for people's downfall. It yeah. it doesn't make it easy. And no one going to prison um, has, has an easy road. Lots of people go to prison and leave kids behind. Um, and it's, and it it's kind of across the board, but it is, it is a hard thing. And there's in the appeals, there are still questions for me about the prosecution of the Chrisleys. Some of the crimes are quite old. It's, it's a really interesting thing to look at where, you know, the Jen Shaw case um, was a little bit more cut and dry for me just because I have some questions about the Chrisley case. I do. I have some questions about who they choose or who they chose to use as their uh, informant. who was a business partner who got a complete immunity. I don't think we're going to see that with like a Stuart Smith where he's he's pled guilty. The Chrisley's business partner didn't get prosecuted at all, which can lead people to say kind of whatever, but a jury believed him and a jury convicted them. We will see what happens with the appeals. I, I don't think it's anything to be celebrated, but it's definitely something that's happening. So question for you, because Joe Judice went on Teresa Judice and Melissa Feaster's um, new podcast called Namaste Bitches. And when he did, we love the name, what? right? He went on their podcast? Yeah. Was he selling sex toys? No. <laughs> no, but he still very much so lives in the Bahamas. So he was right across the pond from both of us when you oh were my in God, he lives in the Bahamas with like Sam Bankman Freed and like everyone else that has fled to the Bahamas, like the Girardi CFO. Like, do they all live on the same street in the Bahamas? It's like, here's where you go when you flee the U.S. under questionable yes, circumstances. It's actually, it's a bougie part of the Bahamas. It's oh. called Abacoa. Oh, yeah, it's I where it's where the who's who is who is like the who's who is hiding out. Yeah, the who is who is who is hiding out and taking advantage of everyone else. They go to Abacoa. You know, yeah. if you spend a certain amount of money, you can get immediate citizenship in the Bahamas. So it's not surprising to me that he's. I think the Bahamas is probably a closer trip for the girls to come see him than to get over to Italy. I think it's probably a much easier hop to get from New Jersey to to the Bahamas than it is to get over to Italy. So I believe that. I mean, it's straight down and then what? One extra plane? Yeah. Oh, come on. Teresa's girls are probably taking the private jet footed by Louie. Come on. They're not hopping multiple planes. They're not like, we're on a connecting flight through Atlanta. That's my life. (laughs) Not theirs. (laughs) 
<laughs> all right. So my question for you about all of this um, is with the Chrisleys and you know, like Joe Judice doing Teresa and Melissa's podcast, he said that he felt like him and Teresa did the right thing by immediately pleading guilty. And they said, listen, we fucked up. We did wrong. Um, we accept whatever responsibility, whatever you're going to give us, we accept it. We're not going to waste the court's time. Now, his idea in his mind was the reason that I think Todd and Julie both got heavier sentences were because still to this day, they are still saying, we didn't do anything wrong. Actually, not only did we not do anything wrong, we are going to continue to appeal this and fight this. So he thinks that in the judge's mind, in the court's mind, that they're making a mockery of the court. And that is why they were sentenced more heavily. I want to ask your opinion. It's interesting because the U.S. operates on a presumption of innocence. So defendants shouldn't be held um, more to account for exercising their presumption of innocence. But it does happen. You tend to see heavier trials or heavier sentences after a trial than before a trial. And that could be because the judge now knows more. The judge sat through all the witnesses and saw all the sentences. But also when you take a plea, you tend to plea to a count or more the Chrisleys have dozens of counts against them. So they were convicted both of upwards of 10 counts each. So the amount of potential time they were facing was substantial in comparison to the amount of time Teresa and Joe Judice were, were facing after taking a plea. Could they have taken a plea deal at the beginning? Yes. Are they still fighting this and appealing it? Yes. Do they have the right to do so? Yes. But after the judge sees all the evidence in um, and the amount of money taken and the amount of banks that were involved the judge gets to decide, look, the the amount of time they're facing is substantial. And that's why these these prison sentences are heavier. So I think the amount of time being faced, the types of charges, how long those charges went on for, the amount of money taken, um, I think all of that factors into the court's mind. It, the court shouldn't punish people for asserting their innocence. That's the foundation of our system. So what are your thoughts? I'm not surprised also that Joe Judice wasn't thinking along that train of thought. <laughs> Fair. What if Todd and Julie would have said, you know what? We fucked up. We're guilty. Um, we let something get ahead of us. We got greedy. Uh, from the jump, in your professional opinion, how do you think this would have affected their sentencing? I mean, when you when you take responsibility earlier, you generally do get a lighter sentence, but you also generally reduce the amount of counts that you're facing. So when you're facing less counts, you can face a lesser sentence. And we're seeing that with like Jen Shaw, she was facing one count. Now she was only indicted on two, not 12 or 13 plus, but with Jen Shaw, she was indicted on two counts. She pled kind of late, but still got, you know, right in that six and a half year range. So Julie had substantially more counts and got seven. So would they have gotten substantially less time? I, d I don't know. Um, but I also don't think they were ever inclined to plea this case. So it's hard to, it's hard to speculate on that because everything they've said, um, everything they've said publicly, it's, it's, they're not inclined to believe that, that this was wrongdoing on their behalf. They still maintain that this was not wrongdoing on their behalf. They've respected the jury, but they blame the IRS agent who testified against them, the 
a business partner who Todd Chrisley still maintains forged their name on documents. So they still have questions saying, no, we, we are not responsible. Um, had they gone to the AUSA who they don't seem to work well with, it's not, it doesn't seem to be collegial based on the court documents and said, Hey, we're, um, we're willing to take responsibility for some of this, but not all of it. I don't know if the AUSA would have been amenable to that because they were also fighting a Georgia tax case and other things. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to speculate. Could it, could it have, um, could it have helped them? Yes. Were they choosing to do that? Nope. So another question that I have for you is if Julie was hit with so many more counts, why did she get such a lighter sentence? That starts to go to culpability. And of course, I don't have the transcript of the sentencing to see, but that has to go with culpability. Was she the most responsible one in the scheme? Was she going along with what her husband was doing? Who was the one making the deals, sending the emails and doing the things? And was, does the judge believe she was influenced uh, potentially by Todd? And Todd even said, hey, um, Julie doesn't deserve any sentence at all. Like, sentence me, don't sentence Julie. He said that? Mm -hmm. In sentencing. Mm. Yeah, he asked for the court to go lighter on Julie. So he said, these are my business deals. He said, I didn't do it. I didn't do it criminally. The things I did were not criminal. Those things were done by a business associate. But yeah. So, you know. That's what okay. So now my next question for you is, both of them obviously had to um, insert themselves into prison today. Um, today I love the way you said that. They have to insert themselves into prison. They're inserting themselves into prison. Oh my God, we got to do that today. Sorry, I can't help it. I'm having too much fun with my voice changer. I've been streaming all night. I was about to say, did you press a button? What the fuck was that? I have a voice changer and I love it. It does all kinds of things. I'll keep surprising you. Since the last time we've streamed, the voice changer is a new toy. Uh, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this later. Don't worry. I've got other noises in there. We're, we're reserving them for later, but they are surrendering themselves to prison today. <laughs> Though I love the visual of them inserting themselves into prison. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> yes. They are sur <laughs> I'm done with the voice changer and all of it. They are surrendering themselves into prison today. I wanted to ask you, um, from the moment that they wake up to the moment that they both get in their black Cadillac, da -na 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 -na, like a Carrie Underwood song, what does today look like for them? I don't know. I imagine there's not glam today. Um, I imagine that they were in their respective states where they were turning themselves into custody um, a few days ago. I imagine that today was a, you know, have a good breakfast and hug your family members. They're going to be in separate states to be in kind of minimal security prisons. The Bureau of Prisons determines where they're going to be housed. They can request it, but the Bureau of Prisons decides based on availability of programs and availability of space and all the other things. So I imagine they um, say goodbye to their family. They plan when their next phone calls are going to be. And then they literally drive up and start checking the, the process of checking themselves in. And then they will relinquish whatever possessions they have. I imagine they showed up with nothing, no jewelry, no watches, no nothing. And, um, and relinquish themselves and start getting, DNA swabbed and fingerprinted and prisoner numbers and all that stuff. And then your, your prison, you know, 
blues, which probably aren't blue in federal. A lot of times they're khaki, but you know, I think Todd will be offended by the color of the, uh, of, of the outfits that they wear most of the time. And I also feel like he might be for Todd. See, like for Todd and Julie, I see this going two separate ways. And I don't mean this, this is not like a making fun of or anything like that. But like, if you ever watch Chrisley knows best, Todd is like, you know, like, you take two dimes and you rub them together and you get a quarter and that's what daddy says. And it's like, I don't know what the hell or who the hell daddy is or where this is coming from, but he, he kind of makes me nervous for him to be going to prison. And then you have Julie and she is of course all by the Bible. She's very religious. Um, This makes me really nervous for both of them. Did you ever in your time of being a prosecutor in Los Angeles, did you ever have anyone who was sentenced to such a large amount of time in prison that they ended up taking their own lives? Not that I know of. Yes, I had people sentenced to large amounts of prison. Yes, I had defendants pass in custody, but most of those were medically, like very well documented, medically related, and it was rare, Mm -hmm. very rare. But no, not not that I know of. It's always a concern and they will always put people on a watch when they transition into custody because it is a concern. But P, I, I don't want to sound um, um, flippant, but people survive prison. People go to prison and come out and restart their lives. There was a friend in law school who had been to federal prison before he went to law school. Um, people go into prison and come out because they are wrongly convicted. Teresa Judice went into prison and came out while her entire life moved on while she was away. People survive worse and people survive prison sentences. It's just an, it's a, a mentality going in. And I think they need to be ready um, to have communications difficult to have communications with family difficult and to have a difficult adjustment. It is a very different world and some adjust to it well and some don't, but they are going to a more minimal security federal prison. So they're not, the people they're going to be in prison with are going to be generally convicted of similar types of crimes. You're looking at nonviolent offenders who don't have histories. You're not really looking at going to the same type of a maximum security prison where people have been convicted of horrendous violent crimes. So they're, they're in a different type of custodial situation um, than, than more violent offenders. So does anyone within the system give a shit as to who the Chrisleys are in the sense that like, if they wanted to be in their own pod or if they wanted their own, um, their own little section where they don't have to share with a roommate. Like a VIP. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Did Martha Stewart get that? I'm curious no. because we're hearing about, what is her name? Elizabeth Holmes? Yes. Okay. And then Ghislaine Maxwell. We're yeah. hearing about all of these different women being in these different places in the same places that, you know, Elizabeth Jen Holmes is still at her house. I mean, she's not- She's not even going into custody until like April. Elizabeth Holmes is going to have the longest amount of time out of custody between doing the thing, getting convicted of the thing, and or found it being, yes, convicted of the thing and then going into custody. It's just been for fucking ever. So how long does she have to go in? Elizabeth Holmes, she's not she's not surrendering until April. For how long? Eleven years. A little over eleven years. And then she'll get time served, right? 
No, I don't think she'll get time served. She hasn't served any time. She hasn't been in a day. So 11 years and she'll do 85% plus of it. But no, there's not a VIP. They're not going to get to, they're not going to get to set their own schedule. The only way you end up by yourself is if you are in isolation, which is not preferred. Um, And that is if you are a risk or if you are not following the rules, it is a, it is a punishment. But Jen Shaw and Elizabeth Holmes have asked to be sentenced to the same uh, prison. I imagine they're going to be like girl bossing, sketching out business plans. I don't. I don't know if the two of them are going to be like, let's reflect on what we did. It's going to be like, oh my god, can we go to yoga? Let's talk about. Let's talk about business. It'll be interesting. Are you reading right. the comments? What are you? What are you? <laughs> I see you. Either I've confused you, or you're just you're just no 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 no. no. I'm, I'm I'm literally like I'm invested into you and like sitting here taking all of this in. It's not. I'm not in the comments at all. Um, okay, so <laughs> you're like, no, I'm just listening. Keep talking. Just, no, because I think that all of this is totally wild. Because this morning I was sitting there and I was walking my dogs and I was like, wow, holy fuck. Like today is January 17th. And last night I went to bed and I was just naturally watching The Purge. And it's like the NFFA, the New Founding Fathers, and it's our right to purge. Get it? Um, And I'm watching the whole thing. And then I was thinking, wow, Todd and Julie have to submit themselves into prison tomorrow. And then I was thinking in my head, you are going to say, like, do you have a dog? You're saying goodbye to your dog. Like for 12 years, your dog is going to be dead. It's gone. It's never coming back. Like you're never going to see that dog again. And then like, do you see that kitchen where it's the stainless steel and you have like those appliances? Those appliances are going to be fucking old. And they're going to well, be gone. They're probably going to have their business associates sell their properties, I would imagine. They yeah, the property is going to be gone. So that's what I think in my mind, I was just like, to imagine what they would be going through. Like for Jen, I look at it a little bit differently because I think that they're two totally separate circumstances. Um, Jen, obviously... Well, Jen's husband is going to stay out of custody, right? Yeah. Her kids, I mean, obviously. So, you know... Yeah, exactly. And I think that Jen's youngest son is going to be... Um, what do they say when they um, pull you into like a professional team? They scout. I think he's going to be scouted into a You're professional team. You're asking me for sports ball things. Um, I don't know. I was going to say recruited, but I think that's college. I don't, drafted? Do they draft Drafted. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Sports ball. I think that Omar will be drafted and I know that her other son, Sharif Jr., um, made it into Duke Medical on a pretty hefty scholarship. So I think that, you know, for her, by the time she ends up making it out of prison, I feel like her kids will both be graduating college. Um, She'll still get to see her grandbabies. There's still like a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. And how she's going to navigate this. I, I mean, listen, I don't, I'm not sleeping on the fact that six and a half years is still a shit ton of time. But then when I think about Todd Chrisley's 12 years, I'm like, count your blessings, friend. It's, it is a tremendous amount of time for, it is a tremendous amount of time for all of them to be taken out of your life. But that's part of incarceration. Part of it is, punishment for for the things that were done so it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond to it if they give interviews from custody like anna delvey did if they take it seriously how they take it seriously i think that taking it seriously um would go would go better for them and 
there's no special treatment being celebrities, which is going to be very different. I mean, for for the Chrisleys and Jen Shaw, people are going to want to ask them about what they did. They're going to want to talk to them. They're going to be nosy. They're going to want to know. And you're going to have to integrate into a, a whole lot of different personalities. And you don't have a lot of control over what you're eating when you're sleeping. Um, you know, you're not going to be drinking. You're, you're, it's, it's a whole, you're going to be going to programming you don't want to go to. You're going to be going to therapy with someone you didn't choose. It's an invasive uh, process. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be different. It's going to be very different for them. So it is not going to be plush. They're not going to get treated better because they're celebrities. And I think celebrities sometimes get more scrutinized because of their high profile. It's like, who do you think you are? So I don't think there's going to be any benefit for them. They're going to serve the same amount of time anyone else serves given um, their behavior in custody, given the fact that they have no prior um, records, which most at their minimum security probably won't. And they it actually could be worse for them because they are celebrities. It's not going to be better for them because they're celebrities. The The Bureau of Prison doesn't give a fuck that you have a TV show. They, it, it's not like they haven't seen it before. And And to be honest, I mean, you know, Martha Stewart didn't get special treatment either. I think Martha Stewart got targeted for prosecution because she was a celebrity. And sometimes the big names do get targeted to, to make more of an impact because part of prosecution is is to signal to the rest of society, this is the shit that you can't do. Like, here's the boundaries and here's here's the prosecution to say, this is not okay. And going after celebrities um, really gets that message across. So sometimes people get more targeted because they're on television. I can see that. And then also... They need you know, to be aware of that when they go. Sorry. They need to be aware of that when they go on reality television. Well, if you have the big name, yours yours is going to be the name in the in the headlines. And that's what Teresa Judai said that when she um, had to check herself into prison, that everyone kept calling her Hollywood. And they were like, what's up, Hollywood? Of course they did. What's going on, Hollywood? And they were like, fucking with her. Of course they were. Of course they were fucking with her. They they watched her flip a fucking table 19 times. They've watched. They've watched Teresa on TV lose her cool. Of course they're going to try to push her buttons because that's going to be the funniest shit they've seen in person in months. Of course they're going to try to push her buttons. Of course they will. It's entertainment. And they want to see if you're willing, like, are you still that same? You still have that same big D energy right here in prison that you had on TV. Or are you going to, or are you going to deal with and, and kind of fall into the group and then figure out where you fall in the pecking order? But celebrities. What is the group? Well, I mean, there are, like any group of people, like a high school, there are groups. There are in groups. There are out groups. There are people. There are there are people that are running side frauds and making alcohol in their toilet. There are people who are kind of in charge of the commissary and what goes in and out. There are groups. There are there is a pecking order. There is who is at the top and who is not at the top, and you have to figure out that ooh that group and integrate well. And we're seeing it in the Murdoch case that's getting ready to go to trial. In his jail calls, he's talking about really just buying people off with commissary. Like, keep putting money on my books, put money on this person's books. Hey, can you put money on that person's books? And he's got everybody running favors for him because he's bringing a ton of money into custody to barter with food and cigarettes and, you know, ramen and beef sticks and all the rest of it. So there is a pecking order. There is a, a hierarchy, just like on Housewives. There is a hierarchy and you have to figure out that hierarchy 
and figure out where you fit. And you can't assume that you were at the top when you go in because you've been on reality TV. I mean, it's time to get ready to take out the hair extensions and give up the injections and the, uh, the, the facials. It's going to be a whole different thing. So, so question for you. Um, let's bring this back to Jen Shaw for a second. So for someone like Jen Shaw entering herself into prison on February 17th, what would be the best advice you could give her? Like if she said in her mind, I'm going to show up in full glam um, I'm going to show up and I'm going to, my last day, I want to be glammed out. I want to have dinner with my family. I want to feel the best that I can. I want my nails done, my face done, my face beat. I want all of it done because that is my last day to feel beautiful while I have control over it before I go into prison. What would your advice be? I mean, for anyone that's going into custody, the, your, your last day out, do what you want to do. Don't get in trouble. If you want to go out and have your favorite dinner, go have your favorite dinner. If you want to be glam with your family, be glam with your family the day before the day you will go into custody. It is time to strip it all away and get very real and get very humble and, and be ready to, to integrate. If you come in thinking that you are the top dog, you are just going to make yourself a target. And it's why there are actually white collar, particularly white collar crime consultants on how to integrate into prison life. There's a movie. Kevin Hart had a movie about this, but there is there are actual consultants. I think Joe Judice had talked about wanting to do this. There are consultants that will help people figure out how to integrate. There, there is a need. It is a very different shift. And um, watching Orange is the Next Black is not going to not going to be enough. So I think that it is you do your last day, but when you go into custody. You show up if you are if you are an acrylics or dip powder girl, the nail polish comes off, you cut the nails down. If there are extensions, you take the extensions out. Um, all of the jewelry stays at home. And it's it's, I don't know, like preparing for surgery. No, you don't need makeup, loose fitting clothes, and um, you can deal with how you want to look when you come out down the road. So it's just it's it's if she went in with a full face of makeup, will they strip her of that makeup before she goes in? I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know. You're going to have a hard time washing it off. Um, because there's not going to be, you're going to get a bar of soap and a washcloth. So, uh, the, the skincare routine is going to be a bit different. Okay. Now for Julie Crisley entering into prison, um, would the advice be the same? Because I feel like Julie yeah. and, um, Julie and Jen have two totally different, personalities now i know where they were saying that if jen does everything that she's expected to do if she kind of walks the line if she has good behavior then she can get out in that 85 percent of her time served range and then there's also that what is it that um drug and whatever um, there's a drug and alcohol program yeah programs tend to have waiting lists like substantial waiting lists. So okay. that's not guaranteed. Um, okay. And that's something that, again, you have to be willing to kind of humble yourself to the process. And that can be very hard, especially when people are trying to fuck with you and push your buttons to see if you'll explode. Because if you explode on somebody, if Jen explodes on people the way she has on Real Housewives, she is going to get into real trouble for it. If she's screaming, you know, grandpa effort and pushing people, she is going to find herself in a different kind of trouble than she is used to. So her anger um, is going to have to be uh, uh, kept in check when people are trying to push your buttons and people are going to intentionally try to push her buttons. 
I don't know if people will try to intentionally push Julie Chrisley's buttons as much. Um, and I think Julie Chrisley will lean into her faith and maybe Jen Shaw will too. Wow. And then for Todd, I think out of Todd, Julie and Jen, Todd is the one that I worry about the most. Todd's going to want to run a podcast. He's going to be calling in to be like, who <laughs> I want to still, I want to still do the podcast. Can I record on my 10 minute call? Todd is an extremely interesting figure who, um, listen, the way from the way that he talks, the way that he presents himself, um, people have always assumed and guessed that he was a gay man and he's always completely debunked that. And he's like, you know, I think that it's great that people assume that, you know, like everyone likes me and he always plays into it. And then you have a former business partner who was claiming that they had a relationship. And then when he talks about himself on his show, Chrisley knows best, he always refers to himself as daddy. And he's like, daddy says... And all of this stuff. So it just makes you like, in my head, I'm like, Daddy says is probably not going to be the direction you want to go with your fellow inmates in custody. Um, But it does seem like people like Todd. So I'm sure if people like him, he will find a way to uh, find a way to 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 work with those around him. I also think Todd is a shrewd individual. I think he can read people. I think he's used that to his advantage to get quite far, not just with um, real estate, which is part of what he was prosecuted for, but to get along um, with his own TV show and the podcast and everything else. I, I think he reads people well, so I'm not... I'm not super worried about that. I think he will he will have to adapt. And I think Todd has shown himself to be adaptable. So. Do you think with them... So for my... I guess my question here is, is with the way that Jen Shaw changed her plea, she ended up kind of getting rid of the whole idea of being able to appeal the decision, right? Right. So that does not exist. Like they right. say six and a half years, you shut up and you take it. I mean, she she gave up her she waived her right to appeal the sentence if the sentence is um, less than 14 years and she can't appeal her guilty plea because she pled. So, you know, Jen doesn't really have much of an avenue but to go to prison. So. Right. No. And I can see that. But I feel like for Todd and Julie, do you think it's a smart move on their behalf to continue to use their resources and pay for attorneys to continue to appeal this decision? Or do you think now looking back, like if you were the one to um, coach them throughout this process, would you have said back down in the very beginning? I mean, the thing is the lawyer doesn't really have, the lawyer can give advice, but the client gets to decide what they're doing, especially when you're being prosecuted. Um, So I think they have a very interesting motion for new trial. I want to see what the appeals court says. I have some questions. I have some questions too. I think they have a very interesting conversation, but there is more context. So even if the appeals court says, yes, this testimony um, is questionable, do do we still get to the point that that's reversible error and that mattered the most to the jury? I don't know, but it seems that they are unwilling to give it up. And without having sat through that trial, it's hard for me to say because there were some questions raised in their appeal. And I, I really want to see those issues vetted out. So 
with with someone like an Amber Heard. When I looked at the appeal, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What are you doing? Like it literally that appeal. I was just stop it with this appeal with the Chrisley's appeal. I have questions like there are actually legitimate legal questions there that it's like, like, hmm, okay, I can see why you're, I can see why you're appealing it. Um, will it be successful? Ultimately? No, but would I tell them to drop their appeal? Also? No, no. So does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, lady page wants to know why is Julie at a medical facility? Because I believe instead of going to Florida, she's now going to Lexington, uh, Kentucky. I did not look at the exact facility she's in. The Department of Prisons or the Bureau of Prisons Mm -hmm. uh, determines where you go based on intake information. So if there, it might not be a, it says, um, this is coming from TMZ, that she reported to a different federal prison in Lexington, Kentucky, a federal medical center, uh, Lexington. That might be the name. It might have medical in it. It might not be a medical wing of it. So I don't know enough to say that that is a specific medical facility because it says at federal medical center. So that just might be the region or location of it, but it could also be a medical facility and there might, she might have been undergoing medical care and treatment that needs to be housed there. That would have all been disclosed in the time between uh, them being sentenced and their kind of uh, their conversations with the Bureau of Prisons to decide where they're going. So there she there is maybe a need that she needs to be there. So I the Bureau of Prisons gets to decide all of that based on all of the information that they talk about. So I don't know. My next question for you is, is it normal? Like if Todd and Julie, you know, how like sometimes like, um, first of all, Lady Page, thank you for the super chat. Um, you know, how like sometimes like, hey, I'm in prison. Um, I have toilet duty. I make 17 cents an hour. And then, oh, my God, Monday through Friday, it's over. Scrub some toilets. Um, talk to Big Chuck. Big Chuck, let me you know, like get off the line. I'm good. And then it's like, Hey, Adam, you have a visitor. And then I have a visitor and then I go out and I get to go meet with my family. Right. Why would they not put Todd and Julie in the same prison? That way, when they have visitation, they can just visit each other. Men's and women's facilities are not the same and not at the same location. So those are all going to a men's and women, uh, men's and women's facility. It's going to, if she's going to somewhere that is medical, then he might not qualify, but there are generally separate facilities, like physically separate facilities. And also, um, they're not allowed to go visit each other. They're both in prison. So it's not like Todd could be like, Hey, I want to go over to the women's prison and visit my wife. That's not, you, you don't have freedom of movement. Their families can come visit them. They do not get to go visit each other. And those visitation rooms are not uh, mixed those if there are facilities on the same campus they are completely separate facilities and separate buildings and separate they are separate they are not intermingled in any way so it doesn't matter if they're in different facilities anyways because it's like it's not like they would ever see each other no it's not like they're going to cross each other in the yard and wave no it's not i mean they're not going to college at them it's federal it's federal prison it's not like they're at the boys' camp and the girls' camp across the lake. It's like, we'll canoe over on Saturday. No, they're in federal prison. They can't go visit each other. And that's just... Have cool. you been to a federal prison? No, only only state prisons. 
those are worse, right? Depends on the prison. There are some federal prisons that are not that are not nice. Um, county jail facilities also not nice. Tend to be overcrowded. It is not. Uh, it's not pleasant. Sure isn't. But um, I think it's when you work in the criminal justice system. I I think it's. Um, I don't know. It, it didn't sit right with me to not really have a visceral understanding of what what when I was talking about these things, what they actually were. So it's not it's not pleasant. So now toilet wine was new for me. I I mean that's not that's not understanding you have <laughs> when you for a lot of people don't have that understanding until you either um know people who've gone to prison and they talk about their experience or you have you have worked within that system yourself. There is there are things you just don't know until you know. So fantastic. I hope it's, that we never have to learn these things. I mean, it's not even though people talk about federal prison being lower security, yes, they're in dorms. They're not in the same, they're not in the same strictures as, as a more secure prison, but people are still looking at you going to the bathroom. Like that should be enough to having to poop in front of people, I think would dissuade a lot of people from a life of criminality because some places have the, 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 there's no doors on the bathrooms because you don't want people to harm themselves or each other. Um, So you're changing out in public. You are, you are brushing your teeth in a communal everything with everyone. You are just, it is not private. It is not, uh, it is not luxurious. It's not as scary as having like yourself like locked into a cell. You have more freedom of movement, but you still have no autonomy. So it's not, I don't think it would be anyone's choice. I don't think people would choose uh, to be at a federal prison facility. And one of the members of the chat said, it is a medical facility. I visited somebody there. There you go. Thank you, Alice, in the chat. So who knows why? Um, and whether anyone will disclose that down the road because, you know, kids still have podcasts and whatever. Maybe we will learn. Maybe we will not. My next question for you is, how does this look for them to reintegrate themselves after prison back into life? Um, I know that people do it all the time, but being former reality TV stars, like what does this look like if you had to guess? Cause this is obviously like a special case. So we can start with Jen. I mean, we've never seen anything like this before, right? When, when Teresa and Joe Judice went away, uh, it was not for nearly this long. So they were still kind of in the public awareness and they were still filming the show. So we saw how the family was responding to them being gone. So it's as if they were still present. But that's not going to be the case here. It's not, this is a long time. Um, will their show still film and air with the other family members and not them till they get out? I don't know. It's unknown. It seems unlikely things change so much in two years, let alone five, six, seven plus, you know, to t- up to 12. Um, so I don't know what this looks like for them. And that has to be concerning for them as well, because they're both going to get out of prison um, well upwards of 50 years old, having to figure out how to make money, having to figure out what a job is, having to figure out how to support themselves in the later years of their life. And that must be tremendously stressful. I'm sure they've saved for some of it, but they're also going to have restitution. Um, so I, I can't imagine this is easy. Um, the chat is saying all the shows have been canceled. I hadn't looked. So all the shows have been canceled. So I don't know. Do you write a book? Does anyone care? Um, yeah. I don't know what it looks like 10 years plus from now for Todd Chrisley or Julie Chrisley. I don't know. 
See, I feel like for Jen, I don't think that um, Salt Lake City Housewives will still be around, but I feel like it was around for such a short time. Um, and but I am curious. Do you, do, a, do you try to do a podcast from custody and the money goes to the money goes to restitution? Do you write a book not about your crimes, but about your life? I don't know. Do you become a yoga instructor? Teresa seemed to do a lot of yoga when she was in. I don't know. I don't know what this looks like for them, truly, because it is a very long time. And the public, when they get out, might be like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember them. Weird. They went to prison, right? It, it's, a long, it's a long time, especially in the world of pop culture, where things move so fast. I'm sure there's plenty of people that forget that Martha Stewart even went to prison um, because there's generations that just aren't even aware at all. Uh, so you never, you just never know. And now every time she does a commercial, it's with Snoop Dogg. It is. I, I, Martha Stewart has spent well more time in custody than Snoop Dogg has. Yeah. See? Well, okay. My next question for you here would be, you know, with all of this, like, transpiring, um, in Jen Shaw, now, we heard that Andy Cohen was hopeful that he'd be getting an interview with Jen uh, before she ends up surrendering herself to prison <laughs> you wanted to say inserting herself into prison yeah. again i love yeah. it just keep saying it make up your own words it's my favorite inserting yes. herself into prison yeah she alluded to it on instagram didn't she with the the hair and the whatever yeah whoa right and we're all wondering you know if andy cohen obviously wants this one-on-one -on -one. we heard that the salt lake city reunion was only one part i think it's supposed to be really bad Wait, it's really only one part? Mm hmm I didn't know that. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I don't keep up. I, I keep up with what happens, like, literally when cameras are up on the show and, and then your channel. I didn't know it was only one part. That's wild. Yeah. It's supposed to be, like, we're grasping for straws here, but... What are we going to talk about? Heather's fucking eye? I mean, come on. It was well, like... You heard what happened about that, right? No, it was like three episodes of Heather's Eye and did they or didn't they no, or what happened and alluding that Whitney maybe hit her and maybe Jen hit her and maybe she and Jen mm -hmm. were having intimate lady relations and somebody headbutted somebody. I was like, what in the fucking hell is happening? No, production was pushing her to make it something bigger than what it was. But what happened was she got drunk. She ended up hitting a pen. When she hit the pen, it got her like a little after drinking so much and she fell over and she hit her face on the counter in the bathroom when she hit her face she scratched her like she scratched her arm up and she blackened her eye and that is what it is it's like but they turned it into something that was so much bigger than what it needed to be but for jen now that andy cohen wants to have this one-on-one -on -one, and now that she has officially been sentenced does she still have to hold back or is she free to say whatever she wants she was free to say whatever she wanted before the reunion. I mean, or before she was sentenced. She'd already pled guilty. It's not going to get much worse. She said a whole lot in her sentencing memo, not to mention the reunion's going to air after her sentencing date. And she would have known that because the women are so dialed into when is this filming? When is this airing? She didn't have to hold back. I think she could have gone to the reunion. I don't think she wanted to. Maybe her lawyers advised her not to. And we're like, no, it's time to like focus on the fact that you're going to prison and like get, get with the fact that this is what's happening. Yeah. Um, but no, there's, there's nothing that she can do that's going to make anything worse unless she, 
I don't know, commits crimes on television. What's she going to do? Assault Andy Cohen? I don't think that's likely or, or, or possible. I mean, Teresa's already done it. I don't think that's going to happen. It's like, it's already been, it's already been done. Pushing it's already been done. I don't think there's much she can do that's going to get herself in trouble. I mean, the case is closed. She's been sentenced. It's done. Okay. The money's just going to, I mean, the money's, I don't know if they get paid separately for reunions or if it's part of their contract, the money will go towards restitution. Um, but I also don't know if she wants to be pushed now that it's all come out and the, the sentencing memo has come out. We've had these other allegations that there was a restraining order and an alleged affair. I don't know if she wants to answer those questions on television and have to actually look somebody in the eye and said, I did it not in a courtroom where the, the audience is behind you and you're just looking at a judge, but sit down with Andy Cohen eye to eye and talk about the fact that she maintained her innocence throughout the show and then turn around and went and pled guilty. Yeah. So. Wow. That was heavy. I didn't mean to be heavy. It just, I mean, it is, it is what it is. She doesn't have to hold back. I just don't know how much she wants to um, disclose at this point. But also if you want to have a bounce and have people still be interested, keep, I mean, I would think she would just keep talking, but we'll see. If you had to guess who was going to have, and I don't think that anybody serving time in prison would be easy, um, but if you had to guess who would be able to acclimate to this new lifestyle, um, the easiest, Jen Shaw, Todd, or Julie, who would you guess? I don't know, um, because we only see a slice of their lives on television. We don't know their their entire we don't know their entire lives. I mean, everybody's got stuff that they are not wanting to be taken out of their life for. Kids, family, parents, spouses. Um, I think it's got to be hard for the Chrisleys knowing that there's they're they're leaving their children to hold it down. That both of them are going in at the same time where Jen has one spouse that's on the outside that can hold it down, which is a much more common circumstance. So I think that that gives her maybe a little bit of mental relief knowing that she has someone at home with her kids holding it down as opposed to leaving adult children with younger children um, and to be in charge with them and both parents going into custody at the same time. I think that's a harder circumstance to wrap your head around. So I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So I think everyone's going to be in for a, a rude awakening. Wow. This is really so, um, it's different. It's kind of heavy and so it's just kind of heavy and surreal, but we've not seen this happen in reality TV where people are serving large amounts of federal prison time. It's a very different thing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I also think that like at this point, what else are we supposed to say? I mean, I feel like Todd and Julie just, um, surrendered their themselves today they just okay, you can just you can you can say but yes i yeah. appreciate it you're like we we learned new things we surrendered to prison today it yes and they did and we'll see what happens i don't know if we'll see many more reports is this all we really in the next few days is this all we really hear from the chrisleys are we going to get updates through the kids podcasts on how they're doing i imagine that we will because they will have phone calls and they will have visiting. So I imagine we'll still hear how they're doing, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. And then with Jen, I don't know if we'll have as much access because she doesn't have 
her husband's not super active on social media, which is probably for the best for him. Um, her kids, I don't know if they're super active. I don't really want to go creep on her kids on social to look to see if there's updates on her. I think we'll hear more about the Chrisleys because their children are still actively engaged on social media and on podcasts versus Jen, where, who? I mean, who's going to talk about it? Heather? You know, and I think it was really kind of shitty that the network pulled the um, TV show from the Chrisleys' kids um, because of everything that they were going through. Because I think now more than ever, the network could have capitalized on the fact that like the viewers would have loved to see how the kids were going to handle this. And also it would have put money in their pockets. We still have the granddaughter, Chloe, who's going to figure out, well, my grandparents who are, who are my adopted parents, they're going to prison. And yeah. then Savannah did a podcast saying that like when Chloe feels uncomfortable, she just put puts like headphones over her ears, but it, they're never plugged into anything. So she just like kind of tries to drown everything out. That's so sad for a 10 year old. And that's what I go back to is like, I don't care if it's Todd, Julie, Jen, whoever. I understand that when it comes to, I always say this and I'm like, I feel so bad for the kids. And then everyone always says, well, you know what? The parents should have thought about that. I get that part, but the kids never asked for it to begin with. So and it's like so many kids don't in so many circumstances. Yeah, I mean, exactly. This is the hard thing. This is the hard thing with kids. There are so many kids that deserve better. I mean, I worked in juvenile court almost every kid I saw, I was like, God, you deserve so much better. Your parents fucking suck, but I can't prosecute your parents for sucking. So we have to help you find the independence to, gr- to grow and be strong. And it, it's, yeah. it's a challenge, but there are, even if parents don't go to prison, there's a lot of parents that do a lot of damage to their kids. And it's hard. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to be witness to um, because you're empathetic, but it is, it it is i mean it is what it is and again they were convicted by a jury so you know it's a big cf of an ss you know what that means no <laughs> a big clusterfuck of a shit show it is exactly that it is a dumpster fire inside of a clusterfuck and clot inside of a shit show so yes yep um linda thank you so much um emily before we end up letting you go can i just say really quick you know what today is, right? It's Tuesday, right? <laughs> it is Tuesday. And it's January 17th. It is. So that means that we're nine months away from... I'm not pregnant. I don't know what you're talking about. What are we nine months away from? BravoCon! Oh, I wasn't even thinking it. I wasn't yes. even thinking it. I know. You're still tired from the last one. I'm, I'm, I am still tired from the last one because I'm old, Adam. I am an old woman. New York is a lot of energy. It was really fun. I don't know how the housewives do it. The amount of stamina, the liquid IVs on these women is the the... The sky high skyscraper nature of the high heels. It's just, it was such a good time. I had so, we had so much fun. You were a total boss bitch by the end of BravoCon. Like day one, you were nervous. The last day, you were like, "Who runs this?" Adam does. Whoa, I don't great. know about that. <laughs> yeah, you you were running it by the end. It was a lot of fun. We had I, a lot of fun. I'm so excited for the next one. Jason and I were talking today, and he's like. Um, we're going on vacation this year and that's the thing. And like, we talked to Emily and you have to make time for yourself and we're making time for ourselves. and BravoCon doesn't count. BravoCon like, doesn't count as a vacation. It's not a vacation. It is exhausting. 
Well, I said, oh my God, I totally forgot about BravoCon. That is like a vacation to me. And Emily's going to be there. That is like a vacation. I'm totally down for it. It's fun, but it's not a vacation. Yes. Like it's fun, but it's work. It is fun, but it's work. I'm going to definitely do it better. I'm going to do it better this time. I got, I learned a lot. I think we learned a lot about BravoCon. Are you talking better in terms of hotel and stuff or better in like the way that you're navigating it? I think I can navigate better. I think I can rest more. Um, I think I can shoe. I think I can shoe plan better. Um, yeah. And I, I want to do like a little maybe Lawnard meetup and stuff. I think there's there. I think there are, there are outfits I can plan better. I'm very excited for all of it, but I had a really good time. Um, the, the, all of the Bravo Lebs that I met were so lovely. We had so much fun together. We had delicious food in New York. There were definitely, I just, I feel like I, I, I need one under my belt to kind of be like, okay, yes, but let's, how do we do this better? And I think that that's, um, I think that's next BravoCon. Did you get a chance to talk to Andy Cohen at BravoCon at all this year? Um, Yanzavort. Oh, that's right. When Jen was there. Did we talk about that afterwards? I don't, I don't remember if we did. I I walked up and I said, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Adam. I did the Jen Shaw interview. And he said, I know exactly who you are. (laughs) I don't think we talked about this. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I did. I know exactly who you are. You had your bag and I don't want to like put you on blast or anything, but you had your bag and Emily, oh, I brought all of the bags. I had a all of the bags. of bags. And listen, there there are different kinds of people, right? Certain people spend money on certain things. Like for me, I like it's mine is always like my food or my drinks or my puppies. Like you have, like you are with the bags and everyone has something different. I'm like Target. They're like, where does your money go? I'm like Vuitton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so funny to see Caroline Stanberry because you were talking and something and she kept looking at your bag and she kept looking up at Jason and I looking down at you and she's like, we get it, we get it. And she said something I'm not going to say on here, but she was was lovely and she was complimentary of my bag. She's like, and I'm like, I have a wonderful, wonderful sales associate who's, who's got me taken care of. Caroline was so much fun. She was so much, she was so much fun. Everyone I met at BravoCon was such was such a great, it was just such a great environment. It was really fun. I told you I got to cheers champagne with Heather Dubrow. And it was just, we cheers champs at the Zanzibar. It was fantastic. It we was really Meredith the other day, your um your video thing or your audio talking about how you could listen to her voice and her doing a <laughs> podcast because we were supposed to meet up with her yesterday. Um, she came in town. Her her mother lives like 30 minutes away from us. That's and fantastic. we sent it to her and she started laughing and she's like, little does she know because she's launching her own podcast with Dear Media. And I was dying laughing. I'm like, this is this is so funny. I love that she's launching her own podcast. I wasn't trying to promote a podcast. I was just trying to ask for one. I love that the universe is like, and you shall receive. It was so funny going through Jen Shaw's forfeitures and seeing the Meredith Marks jewelry listed out there. I was like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) It's kind of, it's kind of like chaotic and epic. I'm wondering if those were gifts from Meredith. Like I have so many questions. (laughs) So Meredith, um, and everybody was lovely. BravoCon was a lot of fun, but it is not a vacation. There does need to be balance. You can burn yourself out very easily doing what we do. And there has to be, there has to be space made. I not me. I was on my best behavior. <laughs> yes. We were all on very good behavior. Look, man, I, I can, I can literally not, I am, 
I cannot. I do not have the stamina. The housewives, they have stamina and things happen that were just unhinged. And I'm looking at like, I I would not be able to be this unfiltered. It's like when you look at like Brandy Glanville on all of the panels, I'm like, I Brandy makes a great housewife because she is completely unapologetically unfiltered. Yeah. Um, a complete, I could never be, I don't think I could ever be that unfiltered. I am happy showing up as me, but there is always like a, oh, don't say that running yeah. in the back of my head. Brandy's don't say that is absolutely broken, which makes her amazing TV. And that was kind of fun to watch in real time too. It was like, wow, it just comes like, or comes even, you know, like the last day when we were sitting there and it was me, you, Kim Pyre and Jason. And I was like, I'm going to go to that party. And you guys are like, no. And I was like, no, I'm going to go. And you're like, I don't know. And then I was like, bye, Emily. <laughs> Just <laughs> right into the bye. party. Mm-hmm. Yes, I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Watch. I, I say that this year and I'm like, this is going to be so much fun. And then next year, it's going to be nothing like the first year. It's, it's going to be fun. I wonder if they'll have creator passes because there was there were some things that would have been nice because I got to see like I got to see the backstage access. I got to see the press access and it would, you know, there's a lot of creators and the creators drove a lot of the attention at BravoCon. And the creators were the ones talking about things. The creators were the ones like doing reels and what have you. Yes, there was traditional media and legacy media, but there were also a lot of creators that were driving the social media conversation at BravoCon. Most of them didn't have access to easy places to go charge. Like the media room was massive and full of charging strips and computers and easy, easy access for things for the traditional media. But it was interesting to see creators like balancing a laptop on a knee and trying to find a plug and sitting on the ground, like with a plug into the wall. So it would be interesting to see if there is some sort of, of accommodation for creators in a, in a slightly different way. So we'll see if there is, or if there is not, we shall see. Well, you know, they're, they're still gonna, we're going to be like, we need press access. And Bravo's still going to be like, we don't know you like that. That's adorable. Thanks. We're going to be like, Caroline, please. <laughs> Caroline, please again. Please, please, please. Um, It'll be fun. Either way, we're going to have a really good time. Um, BravoCon was absolutely worth it. it. I think it had some hiccups because it was huge this year after mm-hmm. a hiatus where it was, um, where where there was, you know, a whole global shutdown. And then it had been much, much smaller before that. So it'll be interesting to see what they learn and how they grow. But it was fun. I mean, all of the Bravo Lebs were there. It really is Comic-Con for reality TV fans. And that's a pretty incredible thing. The access you had, as even people just walking through to their booths and stuff was was unexpected to me. See, and I also thought too, like with everybody, um, I don't know. I think that with the way that everything was um, navigated and then we had like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like panel and stuff like that and everybody like running over each other and it, it just, it was one big shit show, but it was so much fun and it was so many... Um, I think they'll do that. So many different personalities, so many different creators in the same space. We, Jason talks about it all the time. And he's like, next year. And I said, next year, you're going to be doing the booth and I'm going to run around with Emily. And he's like, fuck off. I'm like, I want to run around too. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. He's like, I'm not running the booth. He said that for sure. He's like, it's not happening. So many law nerds. We ran into a lot of the Adams family. It was really, really fun to get to see everybody in person. We ran into a, a, an inebriated lawnard at the end. And uh, when we were on the street corner trying to get our Uber, it was 
absolutely unhinged and hilarious and amazing. And I loved it. <laughs> yes. We actually, I mean, you know what, guy? You would have to, next time we're going to have to record all of this because Emily walks through the crowd and she's recording anyways. And she has purple hair, as you may or may not know. But people are like, Emily! And it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You thought that she was like on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Dallas, Miami, something. And they're like, Emily! And she's like, yes, Emily D. Baker, that's me. Yes, hi, how are you? And she just like engages right in there. And people are so waiting in line. It's like you're giving somebody a treat before they get their dessert. It's like they're getting like a muse bouche before they get their meal. That's what you're giving them because they're all waiting in these long ass lines. You're just recording and you're passing by. And then they get so excited to see you. And then I duck and hide for cover. And you're like, where the fuck are you going? And I'm you like, sorry, did, I gotta go. You definitely ducked and hid for cover a couple of times. But it was so much yeah. fun to see the Lawnards. And they're they're great. And we had lots to chat about. And we wanted to chat about the the Housewives and the other Bravo Lebs. We had so much fun. And it was so fun to run into so many uh so many law nerds who are housewives fans because of course they are we talk about a lot of housewives on my youtube channel and on my podcast and so it was really fun i'm definitely not uh, a bravo leb by any means but it was really fun running into people and that is not an unusual experience um anymore and it's really fun so i have a really good time running into law nerds all over the place so and we saw shailene in the chat is like and jake from state farm I lost, I don't oh, think yeah. you were with me. I lost my mind running into Jake from State Farm. I had no idea he was there at the State Farm booth um, or the little State Farm like outdoor area. Hey, I'm on live stream. Yep. So my teen is, I know you're excited. Uh, so uh, Jake from State Farm is leaving the area and he's walking with security and I'm walking towards him. I'm like, oh my God, Jake from State Farm. And security's like, no, like they're trying to get him out of there without him getting mobbed. And he's like, what's up? And security's like, Stop. and I'm like, oh my God, it's Jake from State Farm. He's like, you know, I just did an audition for this commercial and it just followed me for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> and he's like, and now I'm at BravoCon in the State Farm, like good neighbor area or whatever. The 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 whole floor was just... It was it was unexpected. It was it was it was hilarious. It was hilarious. I loved it. It it was great. I loved I loved the experience. I was tired, but I loved. I really did love the experience, and I had a lot of fun. We there are things that we can talk about on the internet. There are things that will not be talked about on the internet, and it was great. I loved it. I can't wait to see. We've got another year of BravoCon. I mean, Jen Shaw kind of being in New York during BravoCon took over the conversation of BravoCon this year. So it'll be interesting to see what by next year is anyone even talking about it being like, oh my God, remember that one time Jen Shaw went to prison? Like, it'll be interesting to see what a year brings. So, yes. Oh, we'll definitely be getting into more fun next year. So even if it's not that, there will be another story and we will be a part of the story. Yeah, it's still going to be... We're still going to be talking about Girardi because the feds are dropping like little nuggets that they're going to be arresting more people. So like the shit's going to hit the fan there too. It's wild. So I agree. Uh, Lawn Lumber said, I never knew that my legal knowledge had any applicability in this area. I had no knowledge even, um, even existed. It's all thanks to Emily, I guess, LOL. Uh, Hello. Hello, Rob. It's good to see you. There are a lot of the other law creators who popped over from my live stream over here, but Rob does a lot of family law and bankruptcy. So I was like, Rob, we have to talk about Tom Girardi. And he's like, what? And so I've like dragged him kicking and screaming into pop culture and a lot of 
others as well. He's not the only one. Oh, Adam, (laughs) there was a night. I will have to send you the clip from the live stream. Rob was on my channel and we ended up trending on Twitter worldwide with a hashtag. Do you know any of this story? No. Okay. So our, (laughs) our hashtag was wood daddy stacks. And we were joking, kind of poking fun at the media who was like, these commentators are manipulating things during Depi heard. I'm like, anyone can get anything trending on Twitter. And we came up with wood daddy stacks because we were talking about sweet James Bergener, attorney in Southern California, former husband of Noella from Real Housewives of Orange County. Right. And so Rob, we had been talking a little bit about the fact that occasionally when Rob goes into court, he will see people that maybe recognize him from his YouTube channel. And I had three, two other working attorneys um, on my channel at the time, Runkle of the Bailey and my friend Hogue Law. None of them really watch Housewives. All of them still work. So all of them have that moment of like, does my client like watch my YouTube channel? Have I been recognized by a court clerk or whatever? And so I'm saying, well, none of you can top what sweet James Bergener has to go to work for and explain that his wife gave him because Noella spent an entire season talking about the stack of vaginas. And these three were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Real Housewives of Orange County on television, stacks. They're like, we don't know. This attorney has to go to work knowing that this is what's been described on television about him and his wife. So then the chat was like, this is what we get trending because they died. Like on the inside, on the outside, all of them were like, this is not where I thought this story was going. And then we ended up getting Wood Daddy Stacks trending on Twitter. And the little Twitter headline just said, YouTuber Emily D. Baker is hosting her Friday night live stream. Like that was the explanation. No further explanation for why Wood Daddy Stacks was trending on Twitter. It was absolutely unhinged, but they just, they had no idea where the story was going. But then you could see the people in the chat who watch Housewives that knew exactly where the story was going. So the convergence of this group of attorneys not knowing where the story was going and the chat knowing exactly what photos Noella had shown to Emily and Gina and everyone and that they had recreated it was. Yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a moment when the law and the pop culture collide because that was a moment I never thought I would see on Housewives. And I we- love that too. You always like I feel like you find yourself um yourself in like these like big moments for like Bravo and Housewives when you're really like I'm not a Bravo lab. I'm not like a Bravo, you know, like a big Bravo person and it's like you find yourself in like these like little funny iconic moments and it's like what the fuck it's 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 wild and we're seeing it this is the first time we've really seen it come into the show in Salt Lake City with um Whitney's husband really it seems like the show potentially impacted his work and the fact that they let him go from work it seemed like the show really did impact it and we're starting to see discussions of whether the show's impacting people's lives outside of the show and we haven't really seen that before but i can envision it, uh, let me tell you what it, sweet James has billboards all over Southern California um, with various different taglines like, you know, cause no one looks good in handcuffs unless you're into that sort of thing and all the rest of it. So I can imagine if an attorney from sweet James's law firm walked into my court, I'd be like, <laughs> did you watch this episode of real housewives? Have you seen what his wife said? I need to talk to you about this. Did you know that the head of your law firm, do you know that this is, I, I would have to have all those conversations all the time. I would want to know. I would want to ask everyone. Everyone would know. 
You're like, we want all of the details now. Like, what do you what do you think if you're like watching the partner at your law firm be be gifted a stack of women and then have it acted out on television? I I don't know what that's like. I mean, I wouldn't, I think. I wouldn't think about it, I guess. Right? I think that's I think about like when you go to work, they're all like, <laughs> like, like there's no getting away from it. Yeah. Uh, there's court, cl- the, cor- the court clerks are watching Real Housewives. The judges are watching Real Housewives. We know. The courtroom staff knows. Anyway, it's wild. It's wild. Damn it. Damn it, Bravo. <laughs> so that's how we ended up with a, uh, a trending on Twitter with Hashtag Wood, Wood Daddy Stacks. Daddy Stacks. Because... Rob grew his YouTube channel with a viral video debunking a breaking the bed video. And he's a woodworker. It just, it's all look, I know the whole law, the law cadre is a whole separate subsect of YouTube, but do you know that there are commentary channels that just talk about the people that talk about the law on YouTube? It's like a whole, like it's become a whole thing. It's like a sub law. It's it's like a cottage industry of of commentary channels that commentate on lawyers that commentate on law. <laughs> I am going to make a new channel called Speak on Emily. No, you're not. No, I am. You're, no, you're. I am. <laughs> I just I just don't want you to hang out with me at BravoCon, but yes. I'm going to follow you so around. Far afield. It's. I'm sorry, chat, that we've gone so far afield. I I apologize. Um, yeah. it just it's. The internet's a strange place and things live forever. <laughs> yes. No, yes. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, but Adam, did you have more questions? Did I completely cut you off and take us on a wild? Oh no, my gosh. Season? We covered everything. And as always, I always appreciate the hell out of you coming on. I know that for the first couple of weeks of um, the new year that you weren't feeling so well. So I hope that you're feeling so much better and, you know, there, like, and I'm right. We're right in between, like just coming down off of being sick in the holidays and starting gavel to gavel trial coverage next week. So it's going to be busy through mid February. I know it, it actually, you wouldn't have known this um, today. I got really bad food poisoning today. Oh, I know. How was, are you still sitting here? No wonder you're like, Emily, shut up. I no, my God. No, 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 no. I literally, my guts out earlier. Um, and Jason was like, what's wrong? We went to sushi. You could have just emailed me. We could have done this like a different day. <laughs> I love you. I You're just like, we're doing this today. The dedication. I if don't vomiting, cancel I'm anything. <laughs> I don't cancel anything. But no, I appreciate that. But no, it's like, it's like with that. And then, you know, um, Jason and I are moving next week. So it's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, but like you said, you... It's like right now, and then it's gavel to gavel. It's January. We're all, you know, kicking off in our own little ways. And then it seems like the rest of the year is going to be just like one big giant shit show of work, 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 work. But that's always the best. And I'm looking forward to it. And I always have so much fun anytime that we get to steal you over here because we know that you're so busy. So as always. I love being over here. I can't wait to see all the updates on the house. I'm so excited about your move. I know Jason's been uh, detailing a little bit over on social media and that's been really fun to watch. And I mean, the things we're, I guess, in the Bravo sphere keeping an eye out for is, are there going to be more arrests in the Girardi case? And is Tom Girardi going to be one of them? That's what... That's what I'm keeping an eye out for in the next few weeks. Watch it goes down immediately during the Murdoch trial, like when I don't have time for it. Can we not? Oh, yeah, that's exactly when it's going to go down. Feds, 
Uh, this week's really good on my schedule. Could, if you're going to serve a whole bunch of arrests of a bunch of lawyers that we already know are coming, could we maybe just do that this week? I mean, if it works for you, it works for us. Yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely going to be at that time. And then, you know, like it's always, the, it's the worst timing for everything. That's when everything happens. Yeah. But, oh, I'm sorry for the food poisoning. Are you? No, that's okay. Better? Oh my gosh. I literally lost like four pounds in one upchuck. Adam, this is not healthy mentality. No, it's not supposed to be healthy. I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to look at this bitch like glass half full or else I'm going to be depressed that I'm over here with food poisoning. It's not like I'm looking forward to losing four pounds. I'm saying that if I have anything to gain out of it is that I lost the four pounds. I'm not excited. Feel better. Thank you. Feel better. Not a silver lining. Electrolytes. Do you have any element? The element that you put into your water for electrolytes. It's so good. We have Pedialyte for days. The element packets are next level. Feel feel better. Um, I'm sorry about the sushi. It's a bummer. It's okay. I love sushi. I know me. <laughs> the number one thing I go do when I'm like back in California, or there is some sushi in Tennessee, but it's always like we're a little far afield from the ocean. So you... We're right next to it and they still fucked it up. So <laughs> that's fair. Feel better. We should wrap up. Chat, is there anything else we need to tell the chat? I'm sorry, I've just taken over. Oh no, my gosh, I think we covered everything. And again, guys, um, for all of the law nerds who came over, we appreciate the hell out of you. Um, right after this, actually, it's premiering right now. Um, we went live with Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked. He grew a $50 million business out of everything that we do right here on YouTube in five years. And he just launched his own show, The Jason Lee Show, with his first guest being Cardi B. His second, I believe, is going to be Madonna. So go check him out. You might recognize him from Love & Hip Hop. That is right over here premiering on Up & Atta. We also have Hot Messy Podcast premiering all week. We have Emily D. Baker, who's going to be mentioning it all. And with that, guys, it's January. So we're just getting our feet wet. We're getting our chops wet. We're getting off of the holidays. And we're getting ready to shit up this 2023. And we can't wait to do it with you guys. I think that's it. I think that's it. Look, you know where to find me. The Emily Show podcast. I launched a Quick Bits podcast for those of you that are like, girl, those live streams are really long. Yes, you can find that at the Quick Bits podcast. And quick bits here on YouTube. I'm Lindsay Baker. Quick bits. So, all of that, you can go find me for all of the content and live on YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays talking about all of the law and the pop culture. Thank you, Emily. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.